0: Right, I just, um, I think it's my privilege, actually, to uh, be speaking to such an amazing bunch of ladies. Um, the potential of us all in this room is phenomenal, so um, you'll have to bear with me. I'm a little bit nervous, so uh, just bear with me, but we'll get there together. Let's just pray. Um, Father God, I just thank you for this amazing morning that we've had. Thank you for the team that have provided such a fantastic breakfast. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd help us all this morning to grow um, in compassion, Lord, that, that our journeys would develop, that we'd go out of here different to how we came in, and that you'd just bless my words. Uh, may you filter out that which doesn't need to be remembered, and uh, may folk just go away with what they need for this time. Amen. Amen. Okay. I've written it all out because... That's just easiest, so bear with me. Um, As many of you know, I'm Bev Jenkins and I'm the coordinator of Friend of the Family, the Befriending Project that we run here from um, Lowestoft Community Church. Um, I must say it's not just me. We've got about 20 wonderful volunteers, some of whom are here this morning, Mm -hmm. um, visiting folk in their own homes every week. Before we look in more detail at Compassion, I just thought... Uh, it might be helpful for you to know how I came to be doing what I do now. I was reminded recently of a conversation I had with the rector of the church that I grew up in in Beckles. I was 18 and had just finished my NNEB, which gave me the qualification to work with children up to the age of 7. I was in a quandary as to what to do next, as the plans that I had to work with young people for a year had fallen through. (laughs) The summer before, I had spent working in my aunt's nursing home with the elderly. I'd also done all my special placements at the Warren School. So the conversation went like this. I really don't know what to do. I could work with children, young people, the disabled, the elderly. He turned and said to me, well, you can't work with them all, Bev. How wrong he was. As that's exactly what I'm able to do uh, with Friend of the Family. We started working with families. We now work with the elderly as well. And we have started All Stars, which Debbie Dowson runs so well. How blessed am I? To, it most probably took around 20 years to get here, but I'm here. You see, I had a compassion for people. I remember going to things like Spring Harvest and other such events, especially called the Servant King. My crying started way back then. Those of you that know me well will know I'm never far away from a packet of tissues. Angela Kem calls um, it the Ministry of Snot. (laughs) Lovely Joan Jenkins puts it in a slightly different way as having a weeping heart. Back then and now, I would respond to calls for those wanting to make a difference, bring light and hope. This has not always been the easiest path to walk, and as I've always said, I could almost take out shares in tissues. I don't always cry at the most appropriate times either, such as when an ambulance goes by with blue lights flashing. Uh, The children, that's Josh and Phoebe, learnt from a very early age that we always pray when that happens, sometimes with tears. During breakfast, while watching Tracy Beaker, that quite often used to get me, (laughs) and in the middle of girly group, just before I was supposed to speak, but always because I was moved by a person or a situation. By the way... I always said that crying at Girlie Group gave everyone else permission to do the same. And we did create an atmosphere where others felt able to later cry with us as well, which I think is really important. And although feeling compassion isn't always comfortable, a bit like standing here this morning, I would much rather feel compassion than grow hard and numb. But compassion isn't just about crying, you'll be glad to know. It's so much more... Compassion actually means, if you look it up in the Greek, to be moved in your guts. It also means to be moved to action. Thankfully, I have never been sick or messed myself when I've been moved in compassion, but I have actually wet myself once (laughs) um, when praying for a family situation. Many of you may have experienced that ache in your belly, when praying for someone or something that brings you doubled up or to your knees. I believe that is when you're moved to compassion. Sometimes it's described as to suffer with people. The word compassion was used 39 times in the Bible, almost equally in the Old and New Testament. The New Testament tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion on several occasions. And I'm sure even when the word compassion isn't mentioned... That was the driving force behind what he did. It wasn't out of a sense of duty or obligation. It certainly wasn't because he was on a rotor to do it. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, comforted the bereaved, brought the dead back to life because he loved people. Wendy Mann, and Mel lent me this, just a chapter of this book, which is now on my list of books that I'd like to read, um, says this. When love is your motivation, speaking to people about Jesus becomes a joy and a privilege and is much more likely to become part of your everyday life. And in all that we do, we must not forget to love people. Something that Mel spoke so well about. Earlier in the year So let's look at what the Bible Has to teach us about compassion Let's start in the Old Testament uh, Isaiah 58 Verses 6 to 12 The chapter is actually entitled True fasting And the whole chapter is well worth a read Later on It says this Is not this kind of fasting I have chosen Is not this not the kind of fasting I have chosen To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointed finger and the malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in the sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and I will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairers of broken walls, restorer of streets and dwellings. Most of those verses are highlighted in my Bible in various neon colours. And in pencil, I have written, I want the Lord to use me to be a restorer of brokenness. A few chapters on, in Isaiah 61, which Ben spoke on on Sunday, verses 1 and 3 say this, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the broken hearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. Although compassion isn't mentioned in either of these passages, I believe it is compassion that would lead us to preach good news to the poor. To bind up the broken-hearted, proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners, to comfort those who mourn and provide for those who grieve. In the New Testament, we are told several times that Jesus is moved by compassion. In Mark 6, verse 34, just before Jesus feeds the 5,000, it says this... <coughs> When Jesus landed and saw a crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. When we went to Bulgaria, I saw true shepherds for the first time, as would have been in the Bible times. For the f- It was amazing to see they literally stay with their sheep, walk with them, sleep with them, protect them. And because the people were like sheep without a shepherd, in Matthew, it describes them as being harassed and helpless. How many people do we know who are harassed and helpless? Jesus had compassion on them. He taught them first and then very practically fed them. So we address their spiritual and physical needs. In Matthew 20, verse 34, it says this. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. This is when he healed two blind men. He had compassion on them. I love the way, he. if you read the whole story, that he doesn't just assume that they wanted to be healed. He asked them, what do you want me to do for you? He gave them a choice, which so many people don't have. Jesus didn't just heal them, he empowered them by giving them a choice. So how can we become more like Jesus, the master of compassion? I think we can do four things. I'm sure there's lots more to help us grow in compassion. It's a bit like a muscle. The more you use it, the bigger it grows. Firstly, I think if we pray, asking, help me to love as you love, and ask God for more compassion, that we can grow in it. But you need to mean what you ask for, though. You need to be prepared. As I said earlier, it may get messy. You may not get the the ministry of snot like me, But it may cost you in other ways. Sleepless nights as you are moved to pray for a personal situation. It may cost you financially if God leads you out of compassion to meet others' financial needs. It may cost you in time as you spend time with those who are harassed and helpless. Those who are grieving or sick or in prison. And I believe prison may be their homes. If they fear going out, or they may feel imprisoned by their debt or an illness, it may cause you to get out of your comfort zone and get messy. This is a little story about our neighbour. She's a lovely <coughs> lady, and, uh, she's about 87, and on her birthday I took her a jar of marmalade and a stick, some sticks of rhubarb out of our garden, and uh, she was very pleased about them. And she just wanted to hug and kiss me. But as I looked at her, she had food, old food round her mouth and dribbled down her chin and she was covered in stains. But human contact is what she needed far more than a jar of marmalade and rhubarb. So um, I duly hugged her and kissed her. But sometimes it means we get messy. Secondly, reading the Bible can challenge and change us so much. For me, just preparing for today has been a huge challenge as I have read how amazing and selfless Jesus was. Even stories which are so familiar. If you're reading them, praying, Lord, help me grow in compassion, help me to love like you love, I'm sure you will be blessed and grow through them. And how quickly we forget the power of God's word, sharper than a two edged sword. Thirdly, life experiences. I'm a great believer in nothing is wasted. God can restore the most traumatic, painful situations. And in Joel 2, verse 25, it says this. Thank goodness for post-it notes. I will repay you for the years the locust has eaten. And turn them around and use them for good. That has certainly been true for me. My first husband left me and Joshua due to his drug and alcohol issues when Joshua was just six weeks old, four days before Christmas. So I became a single parent who was living with my mum and dad, in effect homeless. But this has given me a level of understanding that I wouldn't have had otherwise. A very lovely lady described it to me like this. Bev, this can either be a backpack to weigh you down or it can be a power pack or a packed lunch to give you the energy and motivation to go forward. In other words, that situation could have hurled me back or spurred me on forward to get alongside others in similar situations. Another thing has been our debt. We were in a serious debt. Every, everything was maxed the mortgage overdraft, we had to come to the end of the line and ask for help from CAP, Christians Against Poverty, who we worked with, and thankfully became debt-free about two years ago. At which point I couldn't stop singing Amazing Grace. My chains fell off, my heart was free, Because that is how I had felt most of our married life, imprisoned by debt up to that point. So then again, now I have a level of understanding, which I didn't have before, a level of compassion for those in similar situations. Your life experiences may be different. You may have been unemployed, so be able to get alongside those who are unemployed. You may have had long-term medical conditions which would give you a level of understanding to support those who are going through similar illnesses. You may have been bereaved or be childless or single or overcome an addiction. The list is endless. But good can come from these really difficult times. Tim, my husband, for those of you who don't know him, has a colleague whose baby died very young from a medical condition that was life-limiting. And she is now supporting other families who are going through what her and her husband went through. Wendy Mann, again, says this, If you let him, God will use your own battles and suffering to grow your ability to feel love and compassion for others. Guard against your heart becoming hard because of the pain. Instead, be intentional about praying through the pain or disappointment you have experienced and allow God to heal your heart. The truth is that what the enemy has meant for harm in your life, God is able to use for good. Again, in Genesis 50, it says this. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done The saving of many lives. And finally, (coughs) reading. I never used to be a big reader. In fact, in my school days, I think I read about two books from cover to cover. And that was only because we had library lessons and just had to sit there and read. But now, it's very rare for me to be without a book on the go. And this is something Angela Kem encouraged me to do. You can get so many amazing biographies now of folk who live and breathe compassion, like Jackie Pullinger, Heidi Baker, Mother Teresa. I've also read about the Salvation Army and Church Army who do amazing works of compassion with people. Anything that encourages you or inspires you or challenges you to get out there and do something Another way I've used reading is to educate myself about people groups I don't know much about. So I've read Emma's story about a woman with anorexia. I read novels about the slave industry and how that has affected people's history. At the moment, I'm reading a book called Gypsy Princess, which is a true story about a girl growing up as a traveller. I'm just trying to gain understanding and knowledge so can empathise and love better. And a phrase I saw on Facebook the other day, louder. We need to love loudly. As I draw things to a close now, I just want us to watch something that I saw on Facebook a while ago. Hopefully it will bring us some challenge (coughs) about how many opportunities we pass by every day. That clip obviously shows how we need to be wise (coughs) in our acts of compassion, but also if the little we have can make an impact. And I realise that there are lots of questions about that clip that we haven't got time to look at today, but maybe you can think about them over the next couple of days. The reason I wanted to show it is that we have daily opportunities to show compassion with those we meet at the school gate, our neighbours, when shopping, with family members. It doesn't have to be an organised thing. It will no doubt use your natural gifts and talents, maybe kick in for others, gardening, decorating, or just listening. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 27 uh, to 31, it says this, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing. This is the bit that I wanted to read loudest. Those able to help others. Those with gifts of administration, those speaking in different kinds of tongues, so those able to help others is listed in the gifts that we as the body have to use. And my final verse that I just wanted to end on, which is really a blessing <coughs> to us, um, or I hope it is, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved... Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Wendy Mann says lots of times in the chapter that I read that anything can happen if we have love, hope, and compassion. And it would be wonderful to see what this amazing group of women can achieve through acts of compassion. Um... Mel's just going to play us a song now, and um, if you want to, um, please feel happy to pray. Um, the point is I thought we could think about is maybe you know already how and where you should be showing compassion. So can pray into that. Maybe you've become numb, so need to ask God to soften your heart. Or maybe you need to turn your backpack into a power pack. And uh, there'll be folk around at the end of the morning, so if I've touched on anything or you need to talk to anyone about anything, please feel free. Um, Mel did ask me to just share about my dreams as well, so just to whet your appetite if you've felt stirred for compassion and not quite sure how to channel it. two projects that I'm hoping that Friend of the Family can get involved with in the near future. One is called Baby Basics, which is where we provide a Moses basket with all the things that a new mum would need for a baby if she was to um, be unprepared. So she might be fleeing domestic violence, she might be trafficked, um, or she might have just been... um, too ill to prepare for the arrival of a new baby so that's one project the other thing is something called make lunch lots of families rely on free school dinners during term time during the school holidays obviously that is a huge pressure for families that they need to provide a hot meal for all their children so make lunch is a project where we would provide one hot meal a day a week um, during the school holidays so again that's something that We're looking at the possibility of getting involved with. And there is also Friend of the Family training coming up um, later this month into October, just two evenings. So if anyone wants to know more about becoming a volunteer with Friend of the Family, um, please speak to me. Right, let's pray.